podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of The Liver Birds. I'm delighted to have Amy, Kate and Randy joining me on this edition. And we have got plenty to get our teeth into. The Premier League is properly back. Um, and we start off with a big game against a big rival for us. Um, we just finished playing Chelsea. Um, 1-1 draw and we're going to kick right off into the action. So Randy, hello, I hope you're well and tell me what you thought of the Chelsea game. (laughs) Hi, yeah, yeah, not bad. It's an early sunny morning here uh, in Norway, still uh, (laughs) not become winter yet so I'm uh, quite happy about that. And uh, yesterday was uh, very scary. <laughs> I think I used the whole day before that match to sort of uh, get my strength for it. And uh, because my internet has been all over the place, I couldn't watch the match at home. So I went out to the, my regular pub and met some friends and had a look. And the whole, the, the tense uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. in that room was really interesting. So I was. Um, I think on beforehand, if somebody told me one-one, I think yeah, I'll take that. I'll go for that. Um, I'll be happy about that. But after how the match unfolds, I must say I was a bit disappointed in the end. Uh, and uh, also the lineup was a bit of a surprise. I think I don't know what I expected, but I was a bit surprised that both Shota and uh, one of Kaita Tiago didn't start. And uh, Happily surprised and positively so uh, with Elliot, actually, because he, I think, was one of the best on the pitch. And uh, he really grows on me and everyone. I think he is amazing. Mm. Uh, but something has happened with the team that is really strange because, first of all, you know, Robbo back. And to me, it was like I didn't see him. I actually couldn't see him until uh, Chelsea scores because he was the one that was looking after, what's his name, that had the lovely lucky header. Oh. And uh, so it was like he was not there like he usually is. Uh, I couldn't see him uh, bumming forward and doing all his lovely crosses. Uh, he was... Um, that was a bit strange. I was actually missing Costas. I was uh, asking mm-hmm. for Costas long before he came on. And maybe that was a bit late. Uh, and something also happens to our right side. It's been going on for a while now during um, during preseason as well. But if you look at it, I mean, they're all going narrow. 
So Salah wants to go inside. Um, uh, Trent is quite narrow. He's more like a midfield these days. And Elliot then pops out once in a while, but he hasn't got uh, Trent's crosses. So something happens on that side that is very strange. Uh, I don't know what it is. And Hendo started on the uh, left side now. And um, his chance i mean the first amazingly big chance we had with yeah. him and his left foot of course that's not going to happen and then we have three big ones later on as well we have elliot and salah with their wrong foot as well so i mean we surely we should have put one of those in <laughs> but it was it, it was this uh, really really intense match and i was so happy for salah's uh, pen goal but i mean we should have had more shouldn't we yeah, probably, and um, I'll, I'll I'll come back to a couple of, a couple of about uh, sort of Robertson and and Samit Cass uh, a bit later. Um, yeah. I suppose the the one of those calls was the fact that you know he obviously started Elliot in a very big game. Um, Amy, Kate, were were you? also surprised um in terms of his selection um were you expecting um that uh, you know nabby or um potentially uh tiago might have started that game you know i was i was surprised um with the lineup with elliot and that jota wasn't in mm-hmm. the starting lineup was those two things were the the things that I noticed more um even though I think Keita has had the last two games is really starting to shine and before that I was going what's the point of you um I just kind of felt like he almost wasn't good enough for the team he was always injured and I just really didn't see where he was going to fit in I kind of thought we made might have made a mistake um but the last couple games, I thought, all right, maybe he's fine. It's taken a while, but maybe he's starting to finally gel with, with everybody else. Um, Robbo, I was surprised that he was already back. It wasn't that, you know, he was on the lineup. I just kind of almost didn't expect him to be in the lineup already. So that, that was kind of my thing. And Elliot was like, good for you. You're a great kid. And I see so much potential. Um, so it was surprise but not um disappointment not yeah there was no disappointment in that at least you know on paper it was kind of like oh but I think I was just more shocked that that um I don't know I mean that that Jota wasn't because he had scored two goals in two games um so that was a surprise but then if he wasn't in the lineup, that meant Firmino wasn't in the lineup. If he or if he was, Firmino wasn't. I thought, well, okay. And I think Firmino is kind of. Um, I think people forget how much he actually links things and links plays together. I think it, it's kind of underrated. So um, that that there's that. But for me, I honestly thought you, you said that you felt Robba was kind of not non-existent but and not that I don't agree I do but I thought that that Mane was the one that was just really yeah not that to me was that's where I saw um 
on the field, the lack of, of um, just everything with, with him, he just seemed really off and not something's going on with him in my mind. I couldn't get my, my mind off of that to really even notice that the same thing with Robbo, because I was just so surprised on like, almost like, is he even on the pitch? And he was, but you just, he, he just wasn't, um, he wasn't present to me. And I could have this wrong, but I think I saw a stat that we had 32 shots on goal or 33 shots, a lot of shots on goal, you know, like a ridiculous amount of shots on goal. And we kind of went back into that, you know, it's hit the crossbar, it's gone over the, over, it's gone off to the side. It's like, um, you know, it just, we could not put the ball in the back of the net. And that was where I was just getting frustrated and to watch, to watch, and let's, let's, let's be fair. I mean, I'm not a fan of Chelsea, but I'd rather them than United um, yeah. or, or city, but it's, it's still, um, I think they're really the, the, one of the contenders this year to really watch out for. And I knew that going in, you know, they are the, um, the, the reigning champions league winners. Um, so, you know, putting that in perspective, like you said, taking the draw is great, but the fact that they were literally half the game a man down because of the um, the red card, and we couldn't capitalize on that, that was my concern. Yeah, so you know? I, I, I do think, so, so a couple of things I, I would, I would absolutely agree that I, you know, it was a it was a really intense game um, between two teams that are pretty well matched, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's the it's the sort of small details I think in games like that that you know swing it one way or the other. Um, so I thought that we did a lot of good things in the game. Um, but I would agree, I, I, you know, it's disappointing in that second half against 10 men that we didn't uh, carve out better opportunities and the ones that we did, we didn't take. Yeah. said that, um, I also have some sympathy with uh, Klopp's view. And actually, I don't often think that Jamie Redknapp says anything that makes a lot of sense. But <laughs> one of the things that he, he did say was that it sometimes it is much harder to play against ten men um, yeah. in terms of you know how they set up and Chelsea were hugely organised defensively and and one of the things that Klopp said afterwards was yes they were down to ten players but they weren't down defensively in effect what that because of the way they organized they had eight players like defending and they were mm. one short when they were counter-attacking so it wasn't like you were you know that there was a massive gap in front of me now having said all of that I think we lacked some guile and invention in terms of mm. finding ways to open them up more in the second half and create better opportunities um and i also thought that mané was uh i thought his 
effort was, you know, the same as always. I thought his execution was pretty poor. Um, I thought his decision making, there were times when he could have passed when he shot. There was times mm-hmm. he had on, held on to the ball when he should have released it. Um, I, I, he made a lot of, um, you know, the, the decisions he made were generally not in our favour. Now, having said that, he actually created the goal, the opportunity for the penalty with his sort of second effort and, you know, his desire to get to the ball. So, you know, you can't, you know, you can't fault him for his desire, his effort, but actually he's not, he's, he wasn't quite on it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think about how he took the goal for in the Burnley game, and we will we'll come back to that. But, what, you know, the, the, I mean, that was a that was a beautiful piece of football. Um, you know, the diagonal pass from Van Dyke, the, the sort of instant layoff from Elliot to um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then that little chipped ball into the penalty area for him to basically just volley it into the mm-hmm. goal. And I think that, that, you know, that sort of instinctiveness is where Mane is best. Um, And then, uh, but Chelsea set up in a way that um, they're not going to, you know, they're really going to give you that type of space. You know, they're a Mm. much better team than Burnley. And I think just, uh, you know, and Tuchel is, is, you know, a much better tactician than Sean Dyche. so I I think that I think it was two kind of heavy weights who who ended up you know it, you ended up being a draw on points <laughs> literally um, at at the end of the game but yeah I think I think it's a slightly missed opportunity with them going down to ten men but I I get uh, you know the uh, why why they why you know Klopp sort of said it was you know yes we could have done better but they were like really organized and you could see that you know the mm. way because it was attack v defense basically for you know 40 but but when they did counter attack they had really good opportunities yeah. as well so you know there, there's, op- there's a point where particularly with that Lukaku chance you know, you're thinking this is sod's law. You know, we've attacked and attacked and attacked, and they break on us, and they're going to walk away with three points. So, you know, you know what? It, it's it's not ideal, but I think it was a, probably a fair result. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, it is really hard to play against ten men because all they're focusing on is defending then. And we give them a lot of space in the other end, which they yeah. don't give us. So it's much, I mean, you're right. It's very difficult to game to play. And because if it's a draw, we would be, you know, happy about that. Yeah. It could have gone worse. He was, um, I mean, Klopp was asked about, you know, does he did he think it would have been a better game in the second half? It had been 11 versus 11. Yeah, and and he did sort of say, well, it's a sort of hypothetical, but you know, p- potentially it might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we still should have had the penalty, and and according to the, you know, you look at the laws of the game, 
technically he should have been set off because he he moved his arm towards the ball. Yes, it sort of ricocheted off his thigh, but then he made a deliberate move with his arm to try and clear the ball. But, you know, had it just been the penalty and then, you know, you never know. You never know. But, um, you know, we didn't lose ground on our rival. They didn't make ground on us. So, So it's not necessarily the worst result in the world. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens when we go to Stamford Bridge. Yes. So, um, obviously, we, you know, we, we started our, we started the, the league campaign. Well, um, we're obviously focusing on Chelsea. You know, we won our first two games. We hadn't conceded a goal. So um, I think that, you know, th- those are also good signs. And I and I would, just before we move on to the Champions League draw, I do want to give some love to Joel Matip. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was fantastic yeah. yesterday. Um, and, you know, everybody was banging up, well, say everybody, there was a lot of stuff in the media about how were, you know, how were Liverpool's defence going to cope with Lukaku? And I was <laughs> kind of thinking, well, hold on a minute. How how is Lukaku gonna cope with Van Dyke and Matip? <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. And I thought that I thought that Matip was was magnificent uh, generally. You know, it, the thing about it is if he stays fit, right, he is he is one of our best defenders alongside Van Dyke. The issue is that, you know, he's fragile, but but yesterday he stood up, he, you know, Lukaku didn't bully him. And and you could see there was a bit right towards the end of the game, I think, where he just basically shrugged Lukaku off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah, everybody's banging on about Lukaku. So I did just want to give Joel Matip a little bit of love. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, there was... Um, I think there was a bit where I, I'm not quite sure what channel it was. I didn't see it, but there was something on social media to say that there was Joel Matip talking about Van Dyke loving no context Joel Matip. Yeah. <laughs> it's, become, it's become this bizarre thing now. Uh, so I just that just made me smile. Yeah. I'm following uh, that now that, you guys brought it up. I think Molly brought it up last time. Yeah. I might have that wrong, but I didn't know about that. And so I <laughs> immediately followed it. And I now, you know, I was like, God, what was I missing? You know, it's so, yeah. <laughs> stuff that comes up about his facial expressions. And oh, everything. oh, I love him. Oh. He had one of those yesterday as well. He had, he, yeah. he gets really angry. And you can see his whole yes. body is communicating <laughs> like hell. He's so funny. And that's yeah. really good energy as well. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. he, he's not a man of a lot of words, but he's a man of a lot of expressions. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, okay. So let's let's move on. So uh, we also had the Champions League draw uh, uh-huh. this week. Um, so Amy Kate, are are we in El Grupo del Muerta or? Are we are we happy with the draw that we got? You know, I mean, I think I think you can kind of go one way or the other. I, I don't think we're necessarily in the group of death, um, but we didn't have easy teams. But I think what 
is in our advantage is we've played them in the past. We, we know how they play. Um, they, I mean, in all fairness, they know how we play too, but, um, you know, I was just glad that it wasn't, you know, I know Napoli is not part of it, but that seemed to be a team that we struggled with. Um, so I, I think we can, if, if we're, if we're on our game, everybody's healthy and we're focusing, we can do this and, and we just need to get out of the group. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to win the group. I mean, we would like to, that makes sense, but, um, I, I have a lot of, um, high hopes for mm-hmm. us. It's not going to be easy. Um, but we seem to, um, be able to get ourselves out of the things that are difficult. You know, we, we don't make it easy for ourselves, but we do it. So I'm, I'm kind of confident that, that we're going to, um, do well as long as everybody's healthy and, focused and um you know i mean i i think that you know we we, we've played porto many many times in the last few seasons and right they are um you know you'd never say they were easy games i would expect us to to be able to beat porto again home and away ac milan are the I, i would say they're the slight joker in the pack only because you know they they're not the AC Milan of old and therefore they're potentially uh, you know I hesitate to use the term whipping boys but you know they're (laughs) they're um you know the Serie A has only just started so so AC Milan have only played one game thus far and they won it um but you know in terms of uh you know I think they they came in I don't. I think they either finished fourth or came in via qualifying to get into the Champions League. So they're certainly not the force of old, um, and they've had terrible uh, financial problems. Mm-hmm. You know, the the big hitter in my view is Atletico Madrid. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That was the one that I was like, oh, but uh, we just need to again. be able to get through the group. <laughs> It's one of those it's one of those interesting ones, isn't it? I mean, I, I you know, I really want to see us turn over Atletico Madrid. I really want to see because yeah. I, I I can't beat Diego Simeone. I kind of respect what he's done, um what he's managed to do at that Atletico, but I don't like him. I don't like his style of football, I don't like that his sort of cheating, uh, time wasting uh, thing that he has he has his team doing but they are the reigning La Liga champions and yeah. Luis Suarez is playing for them so that's yeah, yeah. Thing, dynamic um, you know so yeah we we will see but but Randy I mean it, it, if you could go to any of our Champions League games uh this coming season is there one is is there a particular one you would prefer to go to uh, over any other yeah i think it would have to be uh milan okay uh, because i mean it's uh, first of all i've i've been there uh, ages ago not to uh, a football match and apparently that is uh, i mean it is a traditional uh a uh, great place to go and uh, they are going to build a new stadium i think 
to alter that the fact yeah that yeah i think they're they're gonna the sans zero is kind of um yeah i think it's sort of run out of time and they're not gonna i, I don't know if it's in exactly the same place they're going to redevelop the whole thing or build it somewhere else yeah but yes the sans zero is going exactly so that means it's quite an opportunity then to um to see that and to be there and and, and also because of the historical events with us, the meeting them in Champions League finals, that's the only time we played them in Champions mm-hmm. League. And um, so that would be a good one. But unfortunately, it looks like it's not going to be any away fans. No, not at the because moment. they have to make a rule, don't they? Or else it's going to be so um, unfair. Uh, so yeah. have they actually decided... So, so you, UEFA currently have banned all away fans from all okay. Champions League fixtures. The, the sort of fan, I don't know, if European fan collective or anyway, some, some body. I'm not sure exactly which, but, but some sort of fan body has written to UEFA, and um, is sort of lobbying them to change their starts, particularly where countries don't have quarantine restrictions um to to allow you know a proportion of away fans to go but currently i don't think there are there are uh, they're not enabling away fans to go to any fixtures as we currently speak but that's a bit sad but at the same time i think i mean through the um uh the first round uh i think that would be fair if you say it's no away fans at all Mm. Rather than you have to be lucky with the countries and all that, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a good idea. But hopefully then afterwards, when you continue playing uh, the knockout phases, that we actually can travel because that would be some sort of ticket. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the thing at the moment about Italy is you have to quarantine for five days at the moment. If you're going to Italy, I think regardless of the country that you've come from, I don't think being double vaccinated or anything else will make any difference. So to go to a Champions League match, you would have to you probably have to go to Italy for a week or something, (laughs) which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. (laughs) No, but I guess um, if if we just look at, at some of the other I mean, well, a couple of things actually there was a little stat that i saw they they did somebody somewhere i saw it on social media so apologies that i can't give um the right person the credit but somebody had posted up a uh an image which showed the amount of european trophies overall won by all the teams in the group yeah <laughs> and B, which is us had a total mm-hmm. 39 European trophies between the four teams. Uh, which... I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And I think um, Group A, which has got uh, Man City in it, had something like um, two. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, there's, there's another one, obviously, I think it was probably um it was probably group uh e 
um because it had bar it's got barcelona benfica and bayern munich in it um and dynamo kiev i think it had like 20 something or other in there um but i mean 39 trophies amongst that you know and be- bearing in mind you know we've got i think we've got 13 or 14 ac milan have got 14 or 30 you know i mean we are talking <laughs> european royalty in that group definitely yeah. so let's yeah, get no, back exactly. to that <laughs> <laughs> yes so let me let's just run quickly through uh the the other groups then so and and I'll I'll sort of focus on the the English teams, but but we'll we'll go through all of them ultimately. Um, so Group A is Bruges, Man City, PSG, Leipzig. Um, I guess it's a chance for uh, Ginny to do us a favour against Man City. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's not you know man city are finally in a group that's vaguely difficult i would say because i don't think leipzig are a you know are a pushover bruges unfortunately i think it's going to be the whipping boy of that group um but you know do, do you do you assume that psg and man city are going to be the two to come out of that amy kate if if i'm honest that's what i'd expect but then I've learned, you know, don't, don't, um, you know, assume because it makes an ass of you and me, <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be, be the, the assumption there that, you know, just knowing that who's, who's on there on the, who, who's playing who, but you never know. Um, you never know. <laughs> I've right. learned to not, not, not say those things because it, it haunts you. So, Randy, let's jump quickly to Group F then, uh, which has got another English team. So the group there is Atalanta, Manu, Villarreal and Young Boys. So what do you think? Uh, I think that's a good group. Uh, and I think that Villarreal loves to play United. They're going <laughs> to... <laughs> I mean, they had a, a Twitter uh, straight away after the draw saying, you know, oh, see you later, you know, being really happy about it all. And uh, so I think that's going to be a difficult game for them. And of course, Atalanta is not a pushover. And young boys, is, isn't that like they haven't been there before? Or it, uh, I, I, I mean, think they've been in the Champions League before, but generally they never get out of the group. I yeah. mean, they're, they're the. I don't know, third or fourth best team in Switzerland or something. I have to say, I'm not, I'm not au fait particularly <laughs> with the Swiss league. Not me either. Uh, but, you know, you've got Basel, haven't you? And you've got like FC Zurich and Bern and them. A grasshoppers, is it? That Switzerland? Yeah, maybe. That, those are about the only teams I know. <laughs> Switzerland. I know. And, and you generally only hear about Basel or young boys a lot, so... Mm-hmm. But they might be a surprise, you know. So uh, maybe this group is not as easy as it looks on the paper, which would be fun to look at from outside. And uh, especially if uh, Ronaldo is going to do everything on pitch, it would be interesting. Yeah, well, look, we may come back when we come to transfer windows and, and touch on uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, right, so Group H, Amy Kate. Uh, Chelsea, 
Juve, Malmo, Zenit, St. Petersburg. I don't think Chelsea can complain about that draw, can they? No, you know, maybe it's my lack of knowledge. I mean, I know all, all those teams, but I don't know enough about them to really say, oh, that's really easy or, or not. But that doesn't seem like a difficult um, group, you know, definitely not the group of death anyway. Oh. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I actually probably one of the first times in a long time that I actually got to sit and watch from start to finish the um, the draw. Um, a lot of times it's like I, I see the results. Three hours of your life you'll never get back. The amount of I know. I did watch. I was like, this is what I waited for. <laughs> you know, and, and it made me laugh. This is really stupid. But you know, so the balls are all in there. They're gonna spin around. But the and they had the the two Chelsea players. You know, former Chase Chelsea players. You know, doing the two different balls and dropping them in. I mean, it was it was so old school. It made me laugh. But the the they kept right before they would spin the balls around before the Chelsea player would pick it, and I was like, what's the point of that? Like like it's you can't see what's in it. It's it's not it's not like it, the whole thing just made me laugh. I was just like, this is what we're doing in yeah 2021. That I guess <laughs> and then that, well. They they explain the whole thing and they maybe they always do. It's just been so long since I've watched it. Saying okay, you can only be in it with with the circumstances. You know, like two English teams can't play against yeah. each other. You know, so I get it, but it was just I don't know. I just thought it was so archaic, and <laughs> and and that just kind of I guess I guess sometimes tradition is tradition. I don't know. It's just. But you're right. It was it, after I watched that, I said, "What a waste of time!" <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I was up and I was awake, and I thought, "Why not?" So yeah, yeah. Probably <laughs> because it says, "Oh yes, you know, it's from like 12 p.m. UK or whatever." And I think, well, no, actually, it's from about one o'clock because <laughs> you've got absolute nonsense in the yeah. lead up and and pointless interviews with random people that you can't quite recognize um uh you know and it just and and you know and then they sort of walk on and then they bring somebody else on then they play a random video and it just goes on and on and on yeah. anyway so no, yeah I, 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 <laughs> the only thing I would say about Chelsea's group is um obviously Juventus um you know big you know big European name I don't I think they've done a great bit of business getting Ronaldo off their books. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I don't know, but because they, you know, there's so many financial issues in Italy. I think Juventus have had to have somewhat of a fire sale as well, a bit like Inter Milan. But it may be that they end up with a better team or, or yeah. a tighter team at the end of it. Um, Zenit St. Petersburg, a sort of perennial uh winners of the the russian league um they i think they're funded by gazprom uh so which is a massive sponsor of the or it certainly has been of the champions league mm-hmm. i mean you you should have i'm sure you would have seen well maybe not i don't know but a lot of the advertising it's all uh yeah. champions league sponsored by gazprom and Zenit St. Petersburg are kind of funded by them from memory. 
so they're like you know the 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 big you know money hungry team in Russia or one of them anyway so they're a perennial winner um Malmo I I mean I'm presuming they're the Swedish champions I, I don't know Randy you're probably I mean I know you're Norwegian but I would say you're closer to Sweden than <laughs> yeah. I, I was like wait did I oh yeah <laughs> geographically yes yeah <laughs> Well, Malmö usually is a good team. I, I don't follow their leagues. I don't know whether they were first or second or third this time around. But but they have this international... Um, it's something that happens to them. It's, it's a bit like it, you've got one or two teams in Norway and Sweden that plays in Europe once in a while. But And then they usually do. So uh, I think they're a good team this time around. So uh, you never know. But... I think, as you said, I mean, we expect Juve to be actually better without Ronaldo, and you expect that Chelsea and Juve should be the teams moving on. But I think this group might be tighter with Chelsea on top. I think they're definitely the best team. Yeah, I'm expecting Chelsea to, to top that group, um, if I'm honest. Okay, so so very quickly, I just I'll just run through the other the other groups um, just as a point of interest, um, see, and we'll work out which one we think is going to be the most entertaining. So <laughs> Group C, uh, we have Ajax, Besiktas, Borussia Dortmund and Sporting Lisbon. Uh, group D, we have Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Donetsk and Sheriff, is it Trasopol? The Moldovan team that's, ju- that's just qualified. Um, I'm afraid I don't know much more about them than that. Um, Group E, Barcelona, Benfica, Dinamo Kiev and Bayern Munich. And Group G is Salzburg, uh, Lille, Sevilla and Wolfsburg. So if if you were going to get a free ticket to see a set of games in any one of those groups, which, which one would you pick? Would you pick the one with... Ajax, and let, let me start with you, Randy. Would you go for Ajax, Besiktas, Dortmund and Lisbon, or Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar and Sheriff, or Barcelona, Benfica, Dinamo, Kiev, Bayern Munich, or Salzburg, Lille, Sevilla, Wolfsburg? Where are you taking your free tickets? <laughs> I think it had to be either the Ajax group or the Barcelona group. It sounds more fun. Uh, and it also... Okay could go either way in many of the matches I think see if I was to travel as well that would be really good yeah I always wanted to go to a match in Amsterdam but I've never done so okay right well I'm going to allocate you group C then so (laughs) thank you free tickets (laughs) right so Amy your choices now are uh, you can go to Milan Madrid uh Shakhtar uh which is in the Ukraine, I think, and you can go to Moldova, or you can go to Barcelona, Lisbon, Kiev, or uh, Munich, or you can go to Salzburg in Austria, Lille in France, Sevilla in Spain, or Wolfsburg in Germany. Where are you going to go? You know what? I'm going to say Milan only because it's not going to be here much longer. So it's, that's the only reason because there's lots of options and um gosh i mean um they're all pretty far away so so for me in in california um, <laughs> so, 
Um, you know, but if I was having an opportunity, I, I guess it would be Milan because, you know, I wouldn't want to miss an opportunity of, of seeing such a, a, a place that isn't going to be here much longer where you can go to all these other places. Um, you know, yeah, just that, that's the only reason. <laughs> let our listeners know Inter Milan is not, I mean, Milan is not sinking. It's not like Venice. <laughs> uh, talking about the San Siro uh, <laughs> rather than the city itself. Um, but okay, all right. Yes, you, fair enough. <laughs> you, have, you have free tickets to, to Group D um, yeah, if it were in my gift, which clearly it's not. <laughs> well, clearly it is. And, you know, I can just go anywhere in the world I want like because money doesn't matter. And, you know... <laughs> And, and, then, and then the dream is over and we're back to reality <laughs> exactly but anyway September the 15th first game um, and uh, it should be it should be a cracker uh, yeah. so I am looking I'm looking forward to that um, I will actually be in, well fingers crossed I'll be on holiday at that point in another country um, <laughs> you, you didn't answer what group you're, you'd want to go see Okay, so if it was uh, right, so outside of my normal group, I think that um, I actually I'm looking at places that I haven't been, um, and that's what I was. So I've been to Barcelona, I've, I've been to Munich, and I've been to Kiev. Not always football related, and the and I have been to Lisbon. So I think I would go for the other one which is Salzburg, Lille, Sevilla and Wolfsburg. I've only been to one of those four cities. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go for Group G. And I just I just think there'd be some random results in that as well. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go slightly, slightly off, slightly off. But I'm not going for the big names. I'm going I'm going for uh, I'm going for more unique towns and uh, and teams. There mm-hmm. we go. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for that. I, I, you know, I'm always excited, actually, when we get the champion <laughs> draw and we look at where we, well, in this case, would not be going. Um, but you never know. Right. It might change. <laughs> it might. Um, so as, we, as we're talking about, you know, international travel um, or even European travel, um, the Premier League came out with a statement a couple of days ago, uh, which basically said that uh, reluctantly, um, un- but unanimously, they decided not to release players for international matches played in red list countries in September. Um, and the club's decisions which is strongly supported by the Premier League, will apply to nearly 60 players from 19 Premier League clubs who are due to travel to 26 red list countries in the September international window. And this follows FIFA's current position not to extend its temporary release exemption for players required to quarantine on their return from international duty. Um, And basically, you know, they sort of cite down to public health concerns and... uh, you know, if required to quarantine on return from red list countries, not only would players' welfare and fitness be significantly impacted, but they would also be unavailable to prepare for and play for two Premier League match rounds, a UEFA club competition match day and the third round of the EFL Cup. 
This period takes into consideration 10 days of hotel quarantine on return to England, but does not include any additional time that would be required for players to regain match fitness. So, um, Amy, Kate, let's start with you. So how how did you react um, in terms of the Premier League stance and do you support it? I think, you know, I think it's a good thing um, not to release our players, but it's kind of a twofold for me, partly because we don't lose our players out. You know, I'm never excited to, to know, Oh, like this next week, I just had a reality check. I was all excited. I'm like, Oh, next week. Oh, we're back on the international duty. So I hate that because it just interrupts the game. Um, and it's just you, you have a chance of losing a player to injury and all the things that we've had for years. And now you're putting also the the um, the health of their, you know, with 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 COVID being still a an issue. Um, there's that factor. So I support that because I think it's just the best thing to do when when you're having to quarantine in certain countries and and you're losing players for multiple games that have nothing to do with um injury i just it just disturbs the club game where your money's coming from you know when you play internationally it's a privilege and it's an honor to play for your country but you're not getting paid to do that i don't maybe i'm wrong on that but but it's the club's not you know i i'm not sure exactly how that goes but i'm just i i and i also do not think that we should be wasting um time on your national friendlies it's a little different when when it's for a world cup qualifier or some sort of euro qualifier or something like that but just just for a friendly to to kind of play against another um team to i think with the current circumstances we shouldn't be doing those things so i'm glad that they're not doing that because it means it's less less opportunities for players to um get injured or get covid or you know just the the interaction I think is very important for the bonding of, of teams to be together and play and you lose that when they're gone. So I'm I'm all for it. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around thirty premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive, available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Yeah, I think that um, you know that it, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting one um, because FIFA have certainly asked the the Premier League to reconsider their decision. I don't I don't think they will, but. Um, you know, our mate Gianni Infantino, um, 
has been, you know, going around and, you know, trying trying to persuade them that this isn't this isn't the best idea that they ever had. But Randy, I, you know, I we, you know, we were talking before before we started recording this pod, but a lot of the countries that are on the red list are a lot of uh, African destinations, um, a lot of South American destinations. Turkey's in there. Um, I mean, I know we, there's not many Thai players, if any, in the league, but Thailand um, is going on the list from a UK perspective, and um, and there's a there's a fair other Indonesia and various other places. So, um, depend depending on uh, where the the sort of the the fixtures are due to be played, we could potentially see that number of our uh, Brazilian players because. Brazil is definitely on the red list, um, as is, I think, Chile, um, Peru, and anyway, a number of the others, and a number of the African countries, which Egypt definitely is one of them, which means that if there yeah. were games that were due to be played in Egypt, that Salah wouldn't be going either. Um, you know, I'm I'm being quite selfish here and thinking, well, if, if our players don't have to travel and go places, then that makes me makes me happy. Um, but I, I, you know, is and I and I don't know because I think it's probably too late in the day. Is there a possibility that um, teams could try and move fixtures to non-red countries to ensure that their players got released? Do you think that's a possibility? I don't know. Is it? Has it been talked about that? I have no idea. I just if the thought popped into my head yeah. and I thought I would ask you the question. I've got absolutely no <laughs> idea. I don't know, but, but as you said, I mean, FIFA is trying to be clever, don't they? Because they want uh, their competition to keep going. Uh, although this is probably just friendlies anyway. But of course, everyone wants to use to 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 use these plays and uh i'm quite glad that the whole premier league made a decision thing because then it's not up to every team because that would be high pressure wouldn't it if if it's only liverpool saying we can't send our brazilians away you know that would that wouldn't hold in the end but since it's the whole premier league doing it i think it's a very good decision because uh as you say there FIFA is always going to try to work around this and some countries more than others and stuff like that. So um, I really like where we're at now and I hope it's going to stay like that until we get a grip on this uh, COVID situation because it would be a terrible uh, thing to see that uh, all our South American players sat in a hotel at the airport uh, doing nothing um, as Klopp explained I mean the muscles are going away if they don't move in 10 days so this <laughs> it just couldn't happen you know it, it's a ridiculous idea uh, and we haven't got that big a squad that we could be fine without them so I mean I'm really happy about the decision so far and, and let's just let's hope it, it goes away uh, by some uh, um, miracle uh, soon, but it doesn't look like it. So then we have to work around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I, I, I don't know if there's any um, like Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers or, or like, you know, uh, 
in, like World Cup qualifiers or something for the African teams in, in September. I'm not 100% sure. I think they are in, Octo- in the October break, which is the, the 4th to the 13th of October, which will be the next international break um, and definitely South America. But, you know, it, it, I, I'm sort of all for this. I think it's a stance that they should continue and I am being very selfish here but if you're on a red country you you don't get to go um I I guess for the for the players and I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to be devil's advocate here I suppose some of them might be concerned that it might impact their their um their ability to be considered for a squad as and when it got to tournament time but you would hope that the coaches would you know understand um, the kind of public health concerns. But I, I suppose that's one of the things that, that the players might might be worried about. Um, but one would also hope they'd be worried about their kind of health and stuff as well. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, Alison Becker and his wife are like, you know, uh, World Health or UNICEF ambassadors, aren't they, for, for like, you yeah. know, vaccination and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So <laughs> one, one would hope that uh, they would, you know, they they would understand and, and kind of be supportive of it. Um, I don't, you know, we, we've talked many times about the, you know, the international breaks and, you know, how frustrating they are and all of the rest mm-hmm. of it. Um, so, so fingers crossed this doesn't, you know, derail us too much. But, you know, we come straight back into a Sunday game away at Leeds at Elland Road after the international break. And, you know, we don't know, you know, exactly when players will come back and whether we've picked up any injuries. So I do think that will be that will be interesting for us um, because we don't have the biggest squad. Um, interesting or frustrating. On, I think to, to transfer activity. Um, mm-hmm. So, we were all quite excited, I think, when uh, we announced Canate, uh, which seems mm-hmm. a life ago now, um, which is sort of at the yeah. beginning of July. Um, and since then, um, what we've seen are obviously uh, some exits, which, uh, you know, very sad to see Ginny go. We've now obviously seen Shakiri go. Um, to Lyon Um, and and alongside of that we have seen some significant contract renewals for uh, for Van Dijk, for Alisson, uh, for Robertson, um, for uh, and I'm god there's another couple no I'm sorry I knew they didn't say Trent (laughs) say Trent I forgot Trent and there's somebody else there's somebody else god that's terrible I should have written it down it's Hendo um, isn't it? uh Hendo's not signed oh, it's, yet oh no, Firmino uh oh not Firmino it's sorry Bobby. uh Fabinho 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 well done yes I, I so, meant to so, spit out Fabinho not Firmino but yeah they're Brazilian <laughs> it was so close um well you know what you also have to it's not quite the same, but we also did a long-term contract for um, Kelleher. Yes, we did. Yes, we yeah. did. 
that was but that was in june that was like late june so i think he was actually the very first one i could be wrong but um i i didn't go too far back so as far (laughs) back as i can remember (laughs) i mean i can't believe i remembered that but um so so we you know (laughs) what i would argue is that you know we have secured the spine of our squad for another few so so if you take that you know allison van dyke uh fabinho uh alexander arnold and robertson have all signed long-term extensions so that's pretty much our whole defense yeah (laughs) our our whole defense um and then you know the 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 rumors are in the works that there's there's extensions being sorted out for henderson and salah Mm so what about Mane? i am i I can't remember. Are there talks about him? Because his is in, I think there's what, like a, this season and next? Like he only has, I think he's in the same boat as, as Salah. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. So I think I, he's in there. I, I'm not sure exactly when, but. His, um, his expires in 2023. So okay. um, we've, got, uh, we've got him and Oxlade Chamberlain. I think are are still um they're twenty twenty three um and there's uh yeah so yeah so that that's him um the rest of them we have uh we've we've kind of got locked down obviously Jotaroni signed last season so he's his one goes to twenty twenty five um Milner's expires at the end of this season yeah, uh, i'm wondering about him are we gonna do a and one more year or is he gonna retire and like a part of me thinks like as a player and as of age not not milner in particular but as a particular player he's past his prime but yeah and you've got but then you're looking at milner it's kind of like Cristiano ronaldo it's like they just keep going um, I'm not comparing the two as the same type of player, but you know what I mean? It's like there's certain players still that just kind of go above and beyond the expectations. And Milner's one of those guys, you know? So yeah. I, I mean, hate to see him go. I love him. So I, I, it depends if he, you know, if he wants to carry on playing, I don't know that we will extend him much further i think potentially it might be a one-year extension if we did but yeah, i agree he has got ambitions to to ultimately go into coaching and sort of do his badges and things like that so i could see him as sort of being you know be given the opportunity to get involved in the coaching setup more formally mm-hmm. um i think I, he's I, working on his badges is he not yeah, he might well. I think be. He is, yeah. So I, I'd be all for it. I think he'd be an asset for Liverpool. Yeah. Um. So I think that uh, I, I think that's an opportunity, and obviously we we signed Thiago, uh, last season. So you know, and he's obviously with all of his injury problems or whatever, we we haven't properly seen him yet. So I expect to see him start to feature a lot more this season. Um. But but we haven't we haven't brought anybody new. Well, sorry, we brought Tiago in last season. We obviously brought in Canate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there seems to be a, a lot of noise from a very small group of people on social media about the fact that everybody's strengthened around us and we haven't brought anybody. And I don't think that's strictly true, but I do think, you know, he's obviously doesn't believe that Origi can, you know, can do, you know, uh, we, we haven't got that many other attacking options off the bench. Um, so maybe there is a there is an opportunity for us to bring in another uh, attacker. Um, but I, I I think maybe midfield is, you know, you can't replace Wijnaldum like for like. And we talked about it on the last mm-hmm. pod. And, you know, we sort of said, well, maybe, you know, other midfielders pick up more of his minutes. But maybe there is a maybe there's a little gap there in terms of um uh, a different type of midfielder and I guess the other area is is you've not necessarily got a massive uh backup for Trent you've got Nico Williams uh, I don't know I don't know how I I'm not sure he's uh, I don't know how how so of course he can still develop and get better I don't know if he's ultimately going to be at the level that we would need at right back um so maybe that's maybe that's a slight gap for us um but you know we like i said there seems to be a lot of noise you know assuming that loads of other teams have um you know really really kind of you know bought loads of people the the only team i would argue that bought a lot of players is man united Mm -hmm. Um, i would argue they probably needed quite a lot of players I, I question that they need a 36-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> and, and I, uh, well, so so two things, you know, the man the man is a sexual predator. So the fact that they, <laughs> right? they that, you know that they feel the need to bring Cristiano home. I mean, the man's Portuguese for fuck's sake. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> put that put that one to one side. He's 30. Yeah, six years old um he's coming to the end of his career and they're going to pay him half a million pounds a week right so how how are they planning on fitting him in with uh bruno fernandez and pogba and rashford and cavani and martial and greenwood (laughs) and uh, Right, I, I, I just think they're a really top heavy team now. And I can quite see between him and Fernandez them getting into a bitch slapping contest about who gets <laughs> to take the penalties. Um I'm I'm picturing I, that I, right now. I find it a bizarre <laughs> signing. And I and I think his agent, whoever his agent is, did used i i don't think man city were ever really that interested yeah. in signing cristiano ronaldo and i think i think he just leveraged man united going well bollocks we're not we're not allowing that to eat you know our cristiano can't possibly go to us <laughs> so they just made him a ridiculous amount of money offer um yeah. i just I've, i find the whole thing and and, and like the, the man's a rapist he's a, a, admitted he forced a woman who said no to have sex with him. So why would you want to sign somebody like that for your club? 
you know, seems to be a lot of rapey people appearing yeah. in Manchester clubs at the moment. Especially in Manchester. So uh, no, I, yeah. need to, I need to that by saying that, that Mendy has been charged. He's not been found guilty. Um, and so, you know, he needs to go through due process. But I can say, you know, there is a statement where Ronaldo says, has said, yes, she said no. And I basically carried on. So I think I'm I'm fairly comfortable to say, you know, in, in his own statement, he admitted he had sex with a woman without her consent. Yeah, and that's so, just not OK. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> not, um, you know, Chelsea. So so uh, so in terms of transfer business. So so Randy, let's talk. Let's talk about Chelsea. So pretty much they signed Lukaku because all of their business all the main business they did was last year when Lampard was there when they went on their um shopping spree and they <laughs> brought in Werner and Havertz and you know whoever else it was um Man United well they've done whatever they've done um I'm trying to think about who Man City brought in actually because obviously they didn't get Harry Kane um, who, who got Grealish? Grealish. Grealish. Sorry, why did I say Grealish? That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Him, right? Yeah, yeah. So Grealish. So they've brought Grealish. in Grealish. So there's, there's, there seems to be this kind of narrative that sort of says oh, all of these teams have brought in all of these players. And actually, when you look at the most of the big teams, they've made one signing in this window, one major signing. So we ours was obviously Canate. Chelsea signed Lukaku. Man City signed Grealish. Um, Arsenal, well, they're irrelevant, to be honest, at this point. Um, I don't even know what to say about them. No. I think think Arteta's lost the the locker room. And it's sad because, you know, it's just, I mean, to our advantage, but it's just sad. I think he's just lost the team. Nobody respects him. He he can't control them. And, you know. This is what well, they've got what a lot saying. of uh, ill people. I mean, a lot of very heavy on COVID in that team at the moment. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Why do no. they get in COVID? Strange. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so they've been playing the kids, and then suddenly they they bought um, this Urdegoid uh, that was going to help them. I promise you, he's not going to save a whole team. He never had the opportunity to and will never do so it's a bit sad <laughs> yeah I mean he is a talented player though isn't he you know the guard yeah he is but he's not going to save a whole team on, the, on his own he's not capable of that so they need something else I don't know what that is well I think they they need a reset I think they need, need to hit the re, the reset button I mean, yeah I, <laughs> yeah you know. well hey they stay like that then better better opportunities for us um, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not too concerned about them not, you know. No, they're, they're, I mean, the, the, the sad thing <laughs> is, right, when you when you think about the arsenal of the sort of mid-noughties and all, all the rest of it, you know, and it, oh, whether invisible. it's just Wenger's heyday and all the rest of it. Yeah, but yeah. they are, you know, for, for, for most, you know, they're not even part of the conversation anymore in yeah. terms That's of sad. Champions League or Europe or, or anything. I mean, currently... After There's, yesterday's results, they are bottom of the table. They are bottom of the table. I mean, you would, no points, uh, yeah. no goals. Terrible um, goal difference. 
Yeah, I think they're minus nine or something. Yeah, off. They are, because they lost 5-0 yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 hor- it's, it's horrible to see in some ways, you know, and I've got some, uh, you know, one of my oldest friends in the world, you know, is a, you know, been an Arsenal supporter all his life. My mother, you know, my late mother was a, you know, was an Arsenal fan. And, you know, you, it, it was a rivalry, uh, you know, for, for a long time. It's not a rivalry now. They're, they're, I mean, and how must it, they feel? They're, you know, they're an object of pity for a lot of people now. They look at it and they go, oh, look, poor old Arsenal. I mean, that's yeah. really humiliating to, yeah. to an Arsenal fan at the moment. Because let's face it, we, you know, we were there some years ago. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the sort of uh, the Nadir, you know, that kind of Hodgson period and all the rest of it. And people will look at, you know, when we were down in the relegation zone and people like oh, poor old Liverpool. Do you remember when they used to be good? Mm. Um, yeah. It's not it's not a nice place to be. It's, re- it's no. really not. Um, but, but for the purpose of this, yeah, I mean, they spent a shed load of money, but I'm not sure on anything that they actually really need. No. Maybe maybe Ben White. Um, you know, like I say, Odegaard, you know, he'll probably be a good player for them, but but they've got they've got bigger problems, you know, that just run through the, the sort of the run th- run through the kind of um fabric of the club. Yeah. Uh they they don't they don't have uh, people who really understand football running running their club. Um and and I think they're just I just they're floundering at the moment. The, the the coach is floundering, the players are floundering, the club is floundering, and it's uh no, it's not much fun. I mean, it no, was a musical Now now it's just sad. To yeah. be honest. Um, and I must admit, I've got two Arsenal supporters in my flat now because my daughter and her boyfriend has moved from London to Oslo, and uh, they are not having fun. They are really cheerful when they buy players and then they watch a match and they go really depressive. So it's not nice for them. I really no, feel sorry no, for them. It's really not. It's not. Well, I'm I'm glad that they've um I'm glad you've got company, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy about that. <laughs> that's good. That's that's really good. Um so um in ter- in terms of that transfer business, so you know, there's I mean you know, we're we're this is after the Chelsea game, so there's literally three days I think left of the transfer window. Um, Amy, Kate, do you believe Liverpool are going to sign anybody by the end of the tra- anybody else by the end of this transfer window? I don't know. I mean, I get to be honest, I just kind of tune out of the transfer window. It it is what it is. I don't get so worked up. I'm not looking for um, you know, the the next player we're waiting for. Um, maybe I would have in the years past, but I trust in Klopp and what we have and the system we have. Um, and we have such a solid team, and we've sought, you know, we've we've like we've talked about our spine and our 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 key players have all you know um, extended their contracts, which that was more important because. I don't want to lose Van Dyke or Robbo or, or Trent. Like I'm super excited that they extended, you know, through the next several years. Um, So if we, if we sign somebody, it's not going to be a big name. It's going to be something for the future and I'm all for it. And 
if we don't, I'm not concerned. I just don't understand what this whole, like I'm, I'm seeing this on social media and I'm seeing, you know, it'd be like anything like, um, I, I am a big fan of, of Mighty Red and I think he's so cute, the, the mascot and he's really, they've really kind of built up his social media and I follow it and, um, mm-hmm. I just think it's cute. I know it's kind of childish, but I, and maybe it's the American in me, but I, <laughs> I love Mighty Red. So, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, I think it's just, it's just fun. So, so you, I'm, I'm following it and I'm seeing, you know, and it'll ask, you know, what are your thoughts or where are you watching the game from? Or, you know, he, he does all these silly little things and you see the comments and, and it has nothing to do with what he's doing. It has to do with, you know, FSG out, like it's that, that whole thing has come back and I just don't understand it. I mean, am I, am I, is my head in the sand? Am I, am I missing something here? Why all of a sudden is everybody, well, not everybody, a group of fans so obsessed with FSG out again? I thought we've, you know, kind of moved forward with all the past it's stuff so, with Super League and stuff. It um, appears to be a very small but very noisy groups yeah. of of individuals i i i've no idea why they started I, i'm presuming they're using the the transfer window as as some type of vehicle to to try and um promote uh, you know the the fsg out stuff but it it's it's weird it, right. it is do, do do i think fsg are the best owners in the world no do i think that they've done some really good stuff for Liverpool as owners. Yes. Do I believe that there are better owners out there? I don't know because you look at every different club and right. you look at the ownership structure and you go, well, actually, do do I want this? Do I want that? Um, yeah, it's the grass greener on the other side. Yeah. In exactly. my opinion, not so much. No. You know? I mean, the, um, the thing about the thing about FSG is that they have made the club pretty much self-sustainable, which was their objective. Are they pumping in billions of pounds of their own money? No, they're not. Um, you know, they, but they've can they the do that? Off. Isn't well, there some sort of um, I don't know the exact fair play. Yeah, um, I don't know exactly the rules behind that, but there there is a point that you can only go so far and only can do so much. I just yeah, don't know well, how it all works. Well, it doesn't count for some teams, does it? I mean, uh, Paris and City and United uh, definitely doesn't have to <laughs> work oh, within those they're rules. special. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is part of it. This is part of the issue that it doesn't seem, you know, despite the rules, it doesn't appear to be a level playing field. Um, and when you've got, you know, clubs like PSG and uh, City that are basically, you know, backed by sovereign wealth funds, um, you know, where where money genuinely appears to be no object. Um, and yet they and they they find a way to say, oh, yes, we've complied with financial fair play um, by by doing dodgy deals or or, you know, the, the sort of like, you know, amazing sponsorship deals from, you know, from from uh, companies based in the sovereign uh, in the sovereign state who, you know, uh, you know who who you know pay like ridiculous amount of money for naming rights or, or whatever it might be 
um you know you do you do question the the sort of um the the strength and and the you know the way that financial fair play is is has actually been applied but you know having said that what i would say about fsg is they comply with the rules yeah. that operate under financial fair play now this this sort of group fsg out group whoever they're made up of don't appear to be interested in in that bit they they want to see us have i guess equivalent owners to man city um you know and and you know people who will just throw you know money at stuff money no object um and i've seen a couple of things of saying you know we're not asking for 100 million players we're not asking you know we we want like you know 40 45 million play, you know we want to stick well we we signed we signed one on, in the beginning of July for like thirty five million, um, but I, I so this is the thing and, and you know to your point we we like secured the the spine of the team for you know another four years, and our wage bill has gone up significantly on the back of that because most of those people have got wage rises which which you would expect because it's before you know. We've got a model that is performance based and we've, you know, we've won stuff. We've been in the Champions League. We've won the pre- yada, yada, yada. So that we, we've had one of the most successful periods of our club for, for decades. And the, the, I don't, I, I'm a bit like you, Amy Kate. I'm, I'm not naive, right? I know that, that there's stuff that goes on at, at other clubs and what have you, which, which doesn't sit well with me. I don't think that FSG are the best. I don't think they're the worst. I think they've done a pretty good job for us um, in the 10 years that they've been owners of the club. And we are in a far, far better position now than we were when they came in. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't expanded that field. It will be expanded further. They started the road on the work on the Annie Road end now. So we'll have a 61,000 capacity stadium. We will be remaining at Anfield, which is what most fans would say that we that was all we ever wanted. We wanted to be able to compete. Well, we're mm. competing, but now we're competing. Apparently, we're not competing in the right way. So I don't I, I'm not sure I, I kind of get all, all of the stuff and I, I'm not sure I understand. You know, they want FSG out. Well, who do they want in? then yeah. there's a hashtag yeah. fsg out there's not a hashtag that says anybody in so what's so right if, if they manage to hand them out who, who the hell's coming in and how do they know they'll be any better well that that's the thing the grass isn't greener on the other side and yes okay the they've made huge big huge mistakes but and i'm not trying to say in their defense yeah they have you know and and but but like one thing they have done and i'm not going to justify it but when they've made the big huge mistakes they have gone out of their way to fix it sometimes you you question their sincerity um you know um but you know when they go and and apologize it's kind of like well are we going to accept their apology do we believe it? It, it i mean it's it's all it's all the the media wants to make 
and and the media paparazzi you know whatever as well as as social media fans um want to spin it in their own way um and it, it just it just doesn't make sense but every time they've made a stupid decision like you know raising ticket prices we did what we wanted you know we went after them and within what four days or three days whatever it was it was very quickly okay we hear you um you know so the other thing is you know we had Gillette and Hicks and I was embarrassed that they were you know making Americans look bad and you know it, it did leave a very sour taste for people around the world supporters around the world um trusting in American owners again and um so you know, you're kind of always digging yourself out of a hole as Americans. Um, but I think the problem is the American business model is a type of model that isn't really um, appreciated or understood around the world. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, because sometimes I'm questioning it myself, but it's a, you know, football is not football anymore. It's, it's a business. And and traditional football isn't what it used to be. And I think the old school people don't get that. It's not our game like we want to, you know, it's it, it's the TV rights. Can, ever since the Premier League has been started, it's been a whole other, other type of um, football. And people aren't wrapping their heads around that. And what so do we want some like rich oil guy yeah okay he's gonna put money in it but is he really gonna care about you know anfield is he really gonna care about traditions is he really gonna care about the fans well i don't know i can't answer that question but i don't really want to find out at least fsg you know understand what traditions are you know with the boston red sox is kind of the you know Liverpool of Boston in a way I mean they get it they understand you know how important the fans are to the Red Sox as the fans are to Liverpool and they do get that they just don't always make it right you know yeah I mean Randy I think the the one of the things for me that the biggest single uh misstep that the FSG made was the was the European Super League um, absolutely and the 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 kind of ferrari on the on the back of that and i suspect that that kind of you know emboldened the the sort of fsg out uh people again but but you know notwithstanding that that group right and you know they've got their agenda what you know which is very simple um you know if, if you just follow the hashtag but you know the the european super league probably hasn't got you know it hasn't completely gone away um you know that there's there's uh, you know it'll it'll resurface in some way shape or form um you know if if we're you know if fsg are going to stay um which you know they they you know they don't appear to be interested in leaving anytime soon um you know and they've got uh, you know what they've done has has increased the value significantly of of Liverpool Football Club and the brand and all of the rest of it um but what what would you like to see them do as owners um you know if 
if there was you know if there was something that you think they they could do that would um you know would would show a kind of you know a, a further commitment if you like to the club uh what is, do you have a view as to what that might be uh i'm not quite sure because i mean when it comes to transfer window i think i'm quite happy be- with our model and how we try to build uh, the team and uh, be sustainable. I mean, I think that's so important to me. And as long as our club have been as successful as we have the latest years, we're trying to do that. You know, first of all, do the right thing money-wise and build Anfield and support uh, the history of it all. And at the same time, bringing mm. us into a new era, because like on social media, we've been one of the biggest clubs the latest five, ten years, because we built something there. And that is FSG done that. I'm quite happy about the FSG, as long as they keep away from the Super League and stupid things like that. And I want us to be sustainable. I want us to continue on the road we're at. But at the moment, if you look at the other teams, and we've been talking about earlier about uh, United and uh, PSG and teams like that that just, you know, vacuum uh, the whole market and they're going to have everyone and they're going to pay them silly money. I don't want to go there. So I want to keep doing what we do. But I, looking at the team now, I think the, the best buys in, in Premier League this year maybe is Chelsea because they had a really strong team from last year and then they added what they actually needed, that one guy. And I want us to do the same. We did that with the defence with Konate, a lovely piece of business. He's going to be brilliant uh, going ahead. But I think we miss one player in the offensive uh, mm. part of our game. And, and, I, and the way Klopp talked yesterday or the day before about uh, transfers, he defended we don't need another midfielder. He did that in a brilliant way. I mean, it was obvious we're not going to buy a midfielder. But looking at the game yesterday, if Bobby had to go out, Shorter was already on field. He doesn't obviously doesn't trust uh, Taki or Origi because they were sat there. So who are we going to put on? Who are we going to get in to our team that's going to really, really strengthen our uh, offensive uh, line? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so a, a, a question that hopefully we will we will find the answer to in the in the coming uh, weeks um, as the as the Premier League really kind of gets into gets into gear. So um, we've had a good chat about a number of things. So I'm gonna pull us around now to any other business um so uh randy seeing as you were talking to any other business from you well uh buy somebody or wait for holland for next summer that would be my <laughs> advice <laughs> and also i must say I've, I've just started to getting used to clock without glasses that took a while I'm oh. <laughs> yes but we're getting there we, it's, it's still weird I, I don't think I like it, but you know, <laughs> we can't force him to wear them. <laughs> it's been such a signature that I think that's what it is. Because usually you're like, you know, people want, don't want to wear glasses. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a stigma of glasses. But for him, it's it's such a signature. I mean, how many things do you see that it's like, you know, a a face with glasses, and you're like, oh, that's cop. Yeah. It's just, it's such a, it's such a 
you know, it's him. It's, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around. And I actually said that. And I also said, I knew he had blue eyes, but I was like, I didn't realize how blue they were because they were behind um, <laughs> the glasses. Like, I, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, I. But he's still using his clock uh, cup in the press conferences. And that is just glasses, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's so it's funny just, now. Yeah, it's I just, think it's we just... could just get him to wear some with like clear glass in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they don't have to have a prescription. Just, just put some glasses. You on. just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost like he's he, you know, it's kind of like you know the Superman Clark Kent thing, but in reverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it is what it is, but you're right. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of it's it's hard to get used to and I don't know if we ever will <laughs> yeah no very very strange um Amy Kay any other business from you so I have two things um want to say congratulations to Ox on his new baby um mm. that that's one thing and the other thing is um Liverpool women um start their campaigning for um the new season in a few hours they play um london lionesses and it's on lfc tv um they're going to be doing a lot more supporting of the women now which i'm really happy to see yep. um robo did a, a video or like a little like um support video for them which i thought was great uh i i think finally the voices you know that are kind of pushing um to include the women more and treat them more like you know part of the part of the club not just a token you know women's team um I'm, I'm happy to see it's it's not perfect but I, I'm, I'm seeing strides in a positive way so I'm, I'm glad to see that I know that the league is putting um money in to it uh, not a lot I would like to do more but you know bakers can't be choosers they're going to be uh streamable um, options. Um, LFC TV is picking up a lot of the games. Um, so I believe it's at 530 um, or it's two o'clock. So it'll be uh, two o'clock in the, in the UK is when they usually play. Um, and uh, you can watch it on LFC TV. And um, so that that's a positive thing to see that the women yeah. are really, um, you know, starting to be seen. And um, they're doing a, a coach bus uh, to um, to the games and 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 really trying to bring the fans back and and bring more fans in. Good. And they actually do. I mean, it's only a couple thousand fans, but it's 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 growing and 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 there's more support to it. And and I'm really happy to see that they're treating starting to treat the women as part of the club. They're you know and and so. Um, Yay, you know, um, it's it's Perfect. it's a positive thing to see. So that was my thing I wanted to share. Well, thank you, and um, and we'll continue to sort of promote them um, as well, uh, mostly via yourself, Amy. But we will continue. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's that's all good. Um, so my only my only any other business. I was gonna um, spend some time ranting on about the paucity of the punditry 
on uh, UK TV <laughs> coverage. But but frankly, we've run out of time and I don't want to waste my time on that now. Um, I just wanted to just just my last thing, I guess, because we've been talking about transfers is um, the the madness that is Barcelona and the fact that they they've had to get players that they're, they're debt such they couldn't keep Messi. Um, you know, clearly he's you know he's had to has had to make a terrible move to Paris and it's probably you know cr- crying you know every time he looks at Poor the guy. Town, it's like you know six hundred thousand pound a week or whatever it is that they're paying him. Um, but the fact that they're they're just and and yet they're they're attempting to to sign players. I and you know I guess it comes back to the thing about financial fair play and stuff like that. I don't I don't understand how they are um you know how they're still attempting to make deals when you know they're they're actually in breach of like the the spanish uh regulations now and uh, and you know real madrid have almost got a debt of a billion pounds but they're but they're you know bidding 160 million euros for mbappe there's something fundamentally wrong um kind of at the center of football uefa aren't fixing it the ESL was, you know, it's a terrible idea, but it was sort of created because of the problems that already exist and the TV rights and people trying to get more money and all the rest of it. And there's there's going to be there's a reckoning coming. Um, I suppose I'm saying is that, you know, none of this is ultimately sustainable and somehow, some way this there's there's going to have to be some quite radical decisions taken to to fix some of this i don't pretend to have the answers but you know you look at barcelona and real madrid and you look at the sort of the terrible trouble they've got so you look at inter milan look at juventus that that can't carry on you look at the french tv deal that's gone to the wall um you know most most of the french clubs have little or no money and on and on it goes that that can't be a model for the future so um you know lots of really interesting people on social media a lot more versed than i am and and do some brilliant stuff around this both in terms of coaching and in terms of the financial swiss ramble i highly recommend to anybody yeah. who uh goes on social media look look at his uh threads on on you know financing clubs whether your particular club or more generally in terms of leagues around the world it's it's fascinating really well researched stuff um and i and i will check out some you know i will give some other uh, sort of shout out some other accounts um once i make a note of them so i can make sure i give the right addresses um but <laughs> but there's some brilliant stuff out there so so let's think about what what the future is actually going to be because it can't continue the way it is. Anyway, the slightly sober note to finish on, but it's been brilliant <laughs> to be back. The season is up and running. The Champions League's on its way back um, and fans are back in the stadium. And I guess that's the very last thing I say. I went to the, I was at the Burnley game. It was so, so good to be back, to walk back into Anfield, to go back to my seat, to actually have the people around me I, you know, you don't know. It's been 18 months. Whether actually hmm. they they were okay, they were healthy. Whether they bought their season tickets again, whether they were going to be back. So it was 
amazing and the atmosphere was fantastic even with a 12:30 kickoff um so so i am delighted that some form of normality is coming we still need to stay safe we still need to do the right things if you haven't been vaccinated do it do it do it for Why the people not? Yeah. um and hopefully we'll all be back at a game together one day very soon and with that, thank you, Amy Kate. Thank you, Randy. It's been brilliant talking to you this morning. Um, we're still top of the league. So um, let's celebrate <laughs> that and we'll all get together soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.